I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. Today's show is sponsored by Coinbase Prime, a leading prime brokerage for digital assets. While Coinbase is widely known for its retail business, Coinbase also provides the bridge to the digital asset world for institutional investors, high net worth individuals, financial institutions, and corporate investors. Through their professional trading platform, deep and diversified liquidity, execution expertise, and Coinbase custody, one of the largest and most trusted digital asset custodians, Coinbase Prime is a solution for institutions looking to enter the digital asset markets. For more information, visit prime.coinbase.com. This episode of Base Layer is brought to you by Nexo. Nexo is instant and efficient, just like the SAD. They offer a complete digital asset banking service featuring savings accounts with up to 12% interest, digital asset credit for just 5.9% APR, in exchange with 75 digital asset and fiat pairs and top prices, and loads more all wrapped up for you in a single Nexo wallet. Try it now at nexo.io, that's N-E-X-O.io, or search for the Nexo Wallet app on Google Play or in the App Store. This is David, and this is your new episode of Base Layer, and I have a project and a company here that has been making a lot of noise lately, I've been hearing a lot about them, I'm really excited to have Ganesh Swami with me today, the CEO and co-founder at Covalent with me. Ganesh, how are you? David, great to be here. So really looking forward to this. Um, very quickly, Covalent has the kind of the mission of one unified API, one billion possibilities, providing a unified API, bringing visibility to billions of blockchain data points. And so we're going to talk about that and unpack that because there's a lot there. Getting visibility into blockchains, there's a lot of data that has you know transpired over the last few years. Um, and so this is kind of a really important part of the visibility and the further metrics that are even kind of coming about in digital assets. But before we get too far into Covalent, what you're doing there, what we'd like to do as always, is talk to our founder and get a little bit of background before they built their current existing company. What did you do prior to this? What inspired you throughout your path to really launch Covalent and do what you're doing today? Absolutely, happy to share. So I'm a physicist and a data scientist by training, and I used to work on cancer drugs uh, for about half my career. The challenge with pharmaceuticals is that to get a product out, it takes about half a decade, and I just found that to be too slow. So I pivoted my career to the big data space, and for about uh, for the last decade, I've been building big data uh, solutions uh, for the enterprise. About three years ago, we found this opportunity that blockchains are interesting, but blockchains really are a kind of a database, just a more secure database. But for blockchains to be adopted by uh, enterprises and institutions, it has to talk to existing investments. And this could include uh, the talent that they have. They're not going to retrain their people. And their existing infrastructure, 
because there's always some system in the back end that's been running for the last 30, 35 years, and that's never going away. So this is the, this, this is the genesis idea for Covalent. So we built this middleware uh, connector piece that makes existing uh, infrastructure and talent investments talk to blockchains uh, with no fuss. And we believe that this, uh, this connecting piece is crucial for blockchains to get uh, the mainstream adoption, at least on the, on the business and the enterprise and the institutional side. So that was the Genesis idea. We showed up at the hackathon, built the initial version of the product in, uh, I guess, two or two overnights, two long days, and uh, ended up winning that hackathon and uh, decided to uh, build a company around that. And this was late 2017. Little did we know that the bear market would hit us and uh, it would be a struggle. Uh, but uh, you know, happy to go further into the, the last few years and, and then how uh, we've come through a turning point last year. Of course, the proverbial crypto winter, um, as some people obviously, a lot of people alluded to. But out of that winter, many different companies and projects were working hard to build what they have today. So let's talk about Covalent. If you were talking to someone who was just starting to learn about digital assets, about blockchains, what would you tell them about Covalent if you had to explain it to someone that, again, has not spent the type of time you have with data and blockchains? Absolutely. So blockchains are like a secure database. There's nothing more to it. The challenge, uh, or, or at least on the tin, what it says is that the data is public. You can just go to a block explorer and uh, retrieve that data. So every single transaction, every ledger entry is all public. The challenge is that uh, that's not actually true. Uh, to actually get meaningful data from the blockchain, you have to, uh, you almost, it's almost like peeling an onion. So you have to go underneath multiple layers and give uh, contextualize the data on the blockchain. So that is the thing that Covalent does. So it takes this raw, untransformed, meaningless data on the blockchain and gives it context and gives it a flavor so now your, your Excel analysts can just use the data on the blockchain from the tools that they're already familiar with. So the word covalent uh, comes from chemistry, covalent bonds for your listeners who, are, who uh, are, have taken chemistry in high school. And so we're that binding agent between the decentralized blockchain networks with existing centralized uh, infrastructure. Yes, I re I definitely remember covalent bonds, and I know that's uh, something that hopefully everyone who's listening to this has uh, had to study over the last few years. Um, so let's talk about I like that kind of the peeling of the onion analogy, and also the fact that you know for years, you know, for those of us who have been following the space for four or five years or more. Yes, you're correct. There's tons of data, but being able to abstract and be able to use it. In methods, you had to obviously be more of a data scientist. You had to be very proficient in Excel or other types of means. And so with Covalent, you alluded to, you have the richest blockchain data on the internet. And so just some of the metrics, 25 billion rich transactions indexed, including every transaction since Genesis for six blockchains. Which ones are those? And was there a selection process there? Were there ones that had better data sets available? Why just six blockchains when you have you know, a number of different L1s out there? Absolutely. This is a great question. So it goes back to how we founded the company. The company was bootstrapped for the first two and a half years, which meant that we had a finite runway and had to make money ASAP, which meant that we had to go where the market was. 
So initially, it was a no-brainer. Ethereum is where all the activity was, and that's what we started to index, and that's how we became profitable as a, as a company. And then from then on, uh, we're starting, we started to see more and more action on other kinds of blockchains, mostly EVM compatible. Uh, that EVM seems to be, the Ethereum virtual machine seems to be the winning combo today for blockchains that have traction. So this includes the Binance smart chain. So we see a lot of traction there. This includes uh, Phantom. This includes Avalanche. Uh, this could include Harmony. Uh, this includes Near Protocol. Near Protocol, though, is not an EVM-based chain. Uh, we are seeing some interesting traction on the Near Protocol. So the six blockchains today are Phantom, Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, uh, Avalanche, and uh, Elrond. And then we'll soon be expanding into the Polkadot ecosystem when the parachains launch in the summer. Uh-huh. And when you say activity, does that mean use building on top of how do you define activity absolutely so usage is our key metric so the data the blocks are being generated every few seconds but if you look at the block explorers for a lot of these l1 chains they're all empty there's uh, no real activity no real transaction volume going through these l1s so we gauge it by uh the amount of real activity that's going on on these blockchains so one could potentially use you and again, you have use cases here. We're going to talk about that. But one could potentially use you to see what L1s were being truly used and other ones that are just raising lots of money and getting lots of meme type of money and not being used very much. Again, I'm not asking you for specific ones, but and essentially it is almost like a health of or a, a kind of a very important statistic to see which ones are actually being used out there, correct? That is exactly how some of our customers use them. So they put uh, these charting panels that is this pitting Phantom versus Binance Smart Chain versus Avalanche with the transaction volume per day, the number of new addresses that are being created, the number of uh, AM, like number of exchange pairs that are being created, all the fundamental health metrics so that they're able to see not just where they are currently, but also the growth rates so they can project out and figure out how to tweak those growth numbers. That's really important. Everyone who's listening to this, who is just getting into this world, you're always looking to see where the usage is. You're, you're, you're trying to find where the adoption is. You hear about all these new blockchains out there and all these other digital assets out there. And many a times you ask questions, well, why is this one doing this one? Or why is this one doing that one? And what you're hearing from Ganesh is that they actually have the ability to show you what's being used. Very important. I want to talk about some of the different things you're doing in terms of wallets, NFT dashboards. NFTs have been on fire lately. You know, everyone's talking about them. And it's not because, well, obviously it is because in some parts, you know, obviously people and the thing with the $69 million on Christie's got everyone excited. Um, and everyone started to wake up saying, what just happened? NFTs have been around for a number of years. Obviously, you know, you started to see the first kind of iterations around CryptoKitties in 17. But NFTs have caught the the world, if you will, on fire, even though for some reason they seem to have missed DeFi for the last two years. You've got some NFT dashboards there. Why? What kind of purpose do those serve? Why would someone want to be looking at those dashboards? How would you actually deploy those dashboards? Would someone less technical be able to use them, or would you have to have someone a little bit more technical there? 
Great question. So we are use case and uh, blockchain agnostic. So our job starts and ends with delivering the right data. And then the customer, which is usually a developer on the other side, contextualizes it for their audience. So when it comes specifically to NFTs, there's a, there's a big challenge with understanding uh, there's just no tools on the, like who's buying these NFTs, uh, how many NFTs are in your wallet, how do you value and price these NFTs? What is the average floor of if you were to create a basket of NFTs? So these are the kinds of dashboards that are being created today using the Covalent API. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how people are using the NFT dashboards today. And so NFTs are on the 721. If we were to see, obviously, we have ERC-20s, that's you know the Ethereum standard right now. And then we have the 721s, which have been effectively the NFT standard. If there were new standards, would you also be able to carry those? Is it easy where the language and the programming and the, the, the data grabs, is that all easy to do? Because this is a very evolving space. And so as we start to see other kind of things happening there, obviously, we're starting to see Ethereum moving from POW to POS. We're seeing, obviously, Polkadot branching off with other different parachains. This space moves fast. You know, I was away from it for about a month, you know, in February. And... You know, the next day I, I opened up my email and I look at everything that's happening here and the world has changed. So how are you continuously keeping up with all the evolutions that are happening here? This is a, a great question. So it comes down to the philosophical uh, belief that the team at Covalent has. So our belief is that you have to make an exact replica of the blockchain data into a format that can be easily indexed and queried. So that is the underpinning of the architecture, the technical architecture behind Covalent. What this means is that we have every single contract, every single balance, every single position across all of these blockchains. And that's how it adds up to these billions of rows of data. So what this means is that it doesn't matter if it's an ERC-20 or a 721 or 1155 or whatever standard you would have in the future, that data is automatically indexed uh, on the Covalent site. So then the customer, it's up to the customer, which is really the developer, to really ask for the, the right kind of questions. Uh, and then they don't have to go and fetch the data or have to write any new line uh, or new indexing solutions. There's nothing on their side. Uh, Covalent just automatically uh, manages to index all of that data. And even more than that, it's the same process, the same API to talk to another blockchain. So right now we have a lot of... Uh, really solid projects like SushiSwap, uh, PancakeSwap, Balancer, that are all having multi-chain uh, as part of their strategy. Like it's just, uh, it's undeniable what's happening in the space. And so they deploy with Covalent on Ethereum and the exact same API works on Binance Smart Chain and Avalanche and some of these other chains. There's no change on their side that they have to do. There's no engineering resources. So we also mask some of the nuances of these underlying blockchains. So not only do we capture all of the data without, uh, without really curating or having an opinion on what's useful or what's not useful, we also use the same API across blockchains. So it's very easy for these projects to, uh, to have uh, a multi-chain experience for their customers. So let's talk about the actual company now. Let's talk about Covalent. Obviously, we are moving towards a more decentralized and obviously distributed workforce and obviously networks that we now obviously operate in. 
So talk to us about governance. How are you structuring Covalent? All the people that are obviously doing the work in terms of querying the data, making the data available. Are there validators? Is there a decentralized governance procedure there? Talk to us about the governance and about the actual structure. Absolutely. So for the first two and a half years of the company's history, we were just a centralized solution. So you can think of it as a SaaS product. Uh, customers pay us uh, a fixed fee or based on their usage, and uh, they're able to use the APIs. And that is how we proved product market fit and uh, became profitable last summer. And we were able to close some big customers like Consensus. So Consensus token issuance platform, the Consensus Activate platform, is fully powered by Covalent, for example. And once proving out that product market fit, that's when we realized, okay, there's actually a bigger idea here, uh, something, something more ambitious. And so let's start to build a decentralized version of Covalent with no disruption to the end user. So today we have over 100 uh, projects building with Covalent. And it's not really fair to them to ask them to redo something on their side because they've entrusted us with a reliable service. So what we are doing is we are rebuilding Covalent to be a decentralized network. So it's not just Covalent hosting the servers on Amazon Web Services, which is what it is today, but we've onboarded uh, some top validators in the space like Chorus One and Stake With Us and Figment here in Canada to run portions of the decentralized network. And then eventually down the line uh, later this year, uh, anyone can go in and participate in the network and become a part of the covalent uh, network so that the queries and indexing layer is truly decentralized. But it's a progressive decentralized journey there. So it's going to take some time from our side. That's really interesting. So three days ago, you also announced that you are moving or you're working with Moonbeam. Moonbeam is an Ethereum-compatible smart contract parachain on Polkadot. Talk to us about the importance of this and what type of things should we, we be looking forward there? Great question. So uh, there's the announcement came out last week, but the, uh, the decision process took over six months. And let's go into why we need uh, uh, another network like Moonbeam. So the indexing and the querying solution is going to be decentralized, which means all of the activity is going to be on-chain. And obviously, a chain like Ethereum, even though the, the token is going to live on Ethereum as an ERC-20 token, the settlement cannot happen on Ethereum. It's just too expensive and too slow. So we need a faster, cheaper blockchain just to do the settlement. The settlement basically says that the customer has X amount of queries, and this is what they're paying. And the, the people who participate in the network with uh, offering the queries and offering the indexing will have to be compensated uh, for that service. So all of that settlement will have to happen on a faster chain. So we've written a, a, an actual research blog post, uh, which was published on CoinMarketCap, on what blockchain is best for you. So it came down to this. First is that it's, uh, we are not going to move from the EVM. So EVM is, uh, is, one of, uh, is a strategic choice because in the future, you can move to any EVM-based chain to move your settlement layer. There's no change in, on our side. So that's very attractive about Moonbeam. The second thing is uh, Moonbeam is a faster and a cheaper blockchain. So that, that is also super, super attractive. The third thing is a business decision. The team at Moonbeam is an experienced uh, team. They've been uh, in the space for a very long time. They're still entrepreneurs. They truly understand go-to-market. 
So it's not, so we have the confidence that they'll be around in two years or three years because covalent, you know, we have a lot of enterprise clients and a lot of people rely on this. And it's not really fair to our clients to tell them, oh, our uh, underlying blockchain decided to close shop and, you know, they've lost interest. So that was extremely important to us. So we've, uh, we've gone through, I believe, eight blockchains. So we've done a pretty thorough uh, due diligence process and Moonbeam uh, was the right fit for us. I'm not saying Moonbeam is a fit for everyone else, but for our specific requirements, Moonbeam was the right fit. So I'm curious, as we progress forward, you mentioned Moonbeam, obviously faster, I guess, in terms of output and performance. Um, and Ethereum has obviously had its periods where obviously the L1 in terms of transactions per second is somewhere in the range of 12 to 15. And now you're starting to see obviously congestion there because of DeFi and NFTs and other things that are happening there. So you're starting to see this new move towards L2s where you have optimism, you have scale, you have a number of other ones out there. Do you believe or are you currently talking to other L2s out there to also gather data from them? Because I think that would be very interesting to see how much work they are doing in terms of overall uh, transaction validation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other blockchains we do fully support is the Polygon, which previously used to be called Matic. So we, uh, they were uh, actually the second blockchain we indexed after Ethereum. Uh, so we are speaking to all of them. In fact, on the 16th, we are going to be sponsoring ETH Global's uh, hackathon called uh, Scaling Ethereum. And I think there's about eight different scaling uh, solutions uh, out in the market, all as sidechains for, uh, for Ethereum. So our goal is that once these chains are up and running, we'll be indexing every single chain. So some of our, uh, some of our customers like Delphi Digital, uh, they really love this level of granular data. And so uh, the more data we give them, the more, uh, the more excited they, they get, especially when it's all unified and the, the, the data formats all match. So yes, that's definitely on our roadmap. We are just waiting for them to go live. That's a date I'm going to have to also put on my calendar too now. Thank you for that. Um, let's talk about roadmap for the rest of the year. Obviously, you just announced the work with Moonbeam. Is there anything else in the roadmap for the rest of 2021 that we should be listening for, watching for, or keeping our eyes on for? Absolutely. But before I talk about what's coming up, I would love to share uh, what our momentum has been over the last uh, six months or so. Absolutely. So until August of last year, we were a very thin, lean team of just three people. So the company was bootstrapped, uh, the two founders, and we had a, a product manager, and we were just uh, you know, hustling our way out uh, and then became profitable. And, and then we did that first round of funding with the likes of 1KX and Mechanism Capital and Alameda and uh, CoinGecko. Uh, that was a $3.1 million raise. And then uh, we doubled down on all of our business KPIs. Uh, we grew the team to about 30 people, so three to 30 people. The number of projects building on Covalent uh, went from five to over 100. The number of blockchains uh, we've indexed has gone from just Ethereum to about seven or eight now. So we've just like doubled down on every single thing. And then the market timings were also right. So then we uh, closed a second round of funding. Uh, this is a strategic round with the likes of Coinbase Ventures and Binance Labs and Hashed and Delphi and a bunch of really awesome people. So that was a $2 million raise, uh, which we announced last week. 
And what's coming up in the next 30 days is we have a public sale uh, coming up with one of the uh, top platforms here uh, in, in North America. And uh, stay tuned for that. The announcement for the public sale will come out uh, next week. And so that's great. So there will be that. And I guess that's a, a governance type of token, correct? Like a uni type of governance token that will have different capabilities. Obviously, the the participants are you know part of the work. And then obviously, they also the token holders will also be part of the governance of Covalent going forward, correct? That is exactly right. So right. the network launch uh, is also going to happen before the sale. Uh, so that's happening in the next three weeks. So we've been prepping up for the network launch and the token holders can participate in governance. Uh, they can stake their tokens to a validator uh, if, if they want to delegate their responsibilities. And of course, the indexing and the query nodes will uh, partake in uh, the rewards that uh, customers pay. Outstanding. So what we like to do at the end, tell people where they can learn more about Covalent if they are either new to this space and they want to learn a bit more, or if they're more experienced, give them places where they can go. The best place uh, to use as a jumping off point is our website. So go to covalenthq.com. That's C-O-V-A-L-E-N-T-H-Q.com. And it has links to our blog, uh, our Telegram announcement channel, our YouTube channel, so we're very active on YouTube, uh, all of the podcasts, so you can go to the events page. Uh, it uh, lists all upcoming and past events. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter. So we have a research desk, which we call Alpha Alarm. And so we put out a chart every day, which is a, a visual graphic of what's going on in the space. Uh, and that gets uh, uh, mapped into Cointelegraph and translated to Vietnamese and Japanese and a couple of other languages. Uh, so yeah, we're just very, very active. And then uh, the governance forum will be launching in the next two weeks. The mainnet is launching in the next three weeks. The sale is happening in the next 30 days. Uh, so there's just a lot going on. Lots of good things. This is fantastic. Ganesh, thank you so much for joining us again. This is Ganesh Swami, uh, CEO and co-founder at Covalent. And lots of good things here. This is necessary infrastructure for the entire asset class to further mature to really understand what is being used, where that adoption lies. For years, many people said, well, things are not being used in blockchain. Well, no, you can actually see the data and you can see what's being used. So again, thank you, Ganesh, for coming on. Hopefully we can have you on again in a few months and we'll be seeing you soon. Good luck on that sale. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets. This podcast is presented by Blockworks Group, one of the best digital asset event and media production companies that I know of. For exclusive content and events that provide insight into digital assets, visit them at blockworksgroup.io. You won't be disappointed.